1: Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610KONA. The phone number 547 1610. The email is at 610KONA.com. The bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. And we're on Twitter as well at Bottom Line 610. Going to put the phone on hold for a few as we welcome in studio Kennewick native Brittany Zamora, who is a veteran of the NASCAR Pro Series. Uh, Brittany, thanks for taking time to come in today. I want to get people caught up on what the latest is with you and give some people some background on you who may not be familiar that we have a pro NASCAR driver in our midst.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It's always fun to come here.
1: So let's let's start at the beginning. How long have you been driving?
2: So this will be my 17th year of racing. I started when I was four, Um been doing it every year since, and just keep falling more and more in love with it.
1: So... At the eight, well, first, what was it that that got you into wanting to drive, especially at such a young age?
2: Yeah, so yeah, it's kind of not a typical thing for a four-year-old girl about to be out there doing is starting any four-year-old, Go- yeah, any four-year-old, <laughs> yeah. not just a four-year-old girl, any four-year-old. Yeah. and so my dad actually raced for years and years prior to um, he raced for almost twenty years up here in the northwest and. I was actually four days old when I went to my first race, and so my whole life has been racing. You know, you grow up, it's kind of typical to follow and be interested in what your family's interested in. Family's interested in baseball, the kids will probably play probably play baseball. Um, I went to the racetrack, and that's, that's what I knew. And, you know, I fell in love with the speed, the adrenaline, the cars, everything about it, the competition, and got into it the first day I could.
1: So four years old is 12 years before you can legally get a permit in the state of Washington. (laughs) What kind of a car do you drive at at such a young age?
2: I started out in a go-kart. So it's actually technically called a kid car. They're tiny. They only go so fast. You know, it's just kind of an entry level. Get used to being behind the wheel and having that power behind you, the gas, the brake, the entry, your apex, your Corner speed, just all the aspects just intro to get you used to all of those
1: so after that, at what point in time did you realize that it was going to be more than just fun more than just a hobby, and that this was something you wanted to pursue as a career?
2: I actually knew that like very quickly, so the second year when I was five, I had tied for the championship in that class, and so to be able to do that, my second year into racing, I was like oh, like, we actually might be pretty good at this, you know? Like, we had won races, we had um, been fast qualifier, and at five years old to be tied for the championship, we're like, we think we can take this somewhere. Yeah.
1: What's the most difficult part about the racing business? I mean, we know about the cars, you got to have the crew, you, you know, you, you have all the technicals that go with it, but what's the hardest part year in and year out as, uh, as a driver?
2: Um, I'd actually, that aspect is actually off track for um, a driver like me. Getting sponsorship is probably the hardest thing to do in NASCAR and any type of um, car racing. You know, you can go drag racing or dirt bikes or cars. It's just, it's so hard to get sponsorship because you need so much money to back you. It's crazy expensive to go out there and compete in the NASCAR Canaan series that I did last year. So you gotta, you know, you gotta have a resume to back you up. And that's what the past 15 years have done for me. And to prove that I deserve to be in this competition in this level so to get those sponsorships to fork out all that money and to believe in you and you know to keep supporting you is one of the toughest things
1: we're talking with Kennewick's own Brittany
3: Zamora veteran of the NASCAR Pro Series here on the bottom line now Brittany a moment ago you you talked about we did this and we competed and it's it's not just you behind the wheel you're 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 doing the action but uh, talk a little bit about the behind the scenes stuff. How, how much, like your your dad and other family members, how you got started in this are, are still a part of things now.
2: Yeah, a lot of the spotlight goes onto the driver. Like your performance, they rate the driver on how well they did. Um, and like if you win, the driver gets so much recognition, but really it's in all the details. It's what you do to build the car. We've built our super late model ourselves. So all the hours and time spent just going into building the car and then getting it race-ready each race, hours and hours go into that. It's insane. But in um, the crew, I have my dad, my uncle, my grandpa. Those are basically the, the prime three people that helped get my car ready to go to the track, including myself. And the practice, the time, the money, I mean, everything that goes into just getting the car ready to take the green flag is insane.
3: When you were When you were growing up, And you and your family were heading to the track. How did your friends react to that? I mean, you know, other other kids are doing other things. You're going to the racetrack and getting behind the wheel.
2: Yeah, so a lot of my friends were actually at the racetrack. That was, like, what I enjoyed doing the most. And so we would go to the racetrack, and we'd meet each other there. But then, you know, you go to school, and you're four, five, six, you know, growing up through those ages— I was, like, one of the only ones. Like, one of my best friends did it, but other than that, it, we are like, the only two that went to school together and raced together. So it was a totally different lifestyle. And I actually also competitively danced for 15 years. And so, like, during the week after school, I'd be going to dance, you know, taking ballet. You have the makeup, the hair in the bun. I mean, the most, like, one of the most girly things to do. And then you take all that off and go to the racetrack. <laughs> go and get
1: dirty, behind Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> so, with all of these, with all these things that you were doing, um, whenever you dedicate yourself to something, there are always sacrifices that come into play. So, what are a lot? What are the things that that you look back? You know, now that you're out of your teens and you look back through the years, you focused on racing and, and dancing and everything else. What are some of the things that like? as Ed alluded to, friends or other people around you in your circle, um, that you gave up to pursue these passions?
2: Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say that I wasn't really involved in high school. You know, I'd go to school and I'd leave. I didn't do any clubs. I didn't go to football games. Like, I didn't go and do all those activities. But to me, like, those weren't important. So, like, racing is what I love. It's my lifestyle. It's what I prefer to do. And so that was always my first choice. And so... You know, I'd see pictures of friends out at the football games, but I never really felt like I was missing out because I was doing what I loved.
1: So for those that have never been behind the wheel of a car. Try I mean, racing. I mean, racing. a lot
3: of us have been <laughs> oh, no, behind the wheel, of, wheel tr- of a car.
1: Trust me, and if you've seen Ed <laughs> Drive, but if you, if you could put into words the best way to describe to someone who has never been behind the wheel of a stock car and been in that environment, what is the one word you would use to describe the feeling?
2: Oh my gosh. Um there's a fee- I don't know if I can narrow it down to one word. It's intense, the adrenaline that you get, the rush, the the feeling of being in control of six hundred horsepower, thirty two hundred pound cars, like it's I don't the rush I guess. It's there's so much going on at once, but you have to remain so calm in order to be in control of all of that at once.
1: And if we could if we could put that smile into words as <laughs> <I'm> she's <just laughs> yeah. describing it, yeah. it's like it, it just lit up the room <laughs> you're talking about just the feeling behind the wheel of a car. Um, it, it's got to be, I mean, just so solely focused in the mm-hmm. moment on what's in front of you. Um, I don't think that's something that a lot of people can say that they can do. Is just strictly narrowly focused in that moment for as long as you have to on the mm-hmm. track.
2: Yeah, the races can be up to three and a half hours long. I mean, the heat is an intense factor. I mean, it can, you just want to get like distracted. You know, there's so much going on at once, and like the heat can really drain you. And so, like when it's 130 degrees in the car and you're just mentally fading out of it, you have to push yourself back in the zone because that it really it plays a huge factor when you're in the car for three and a half hours. And it's not just driving down the street for three and a half hours. I mean, you're full 110% in it. Your mind is focused like in the zone. I'm not even sure. I think I forget to blink sometimes just because I'm so focused on what's going on. <laughs> what
1: well, speed you're averaging is?
2: Uh, So, I mean, I've raced at Bristol, and we've averaged 135 miles an hour on a half-mile track. So, I mean, you're flying and, on some of those tracks.
3: And not to mention... There are other cars out there doing the same yeah. thing, and you've got that's to have to maneuver around them and all that stuff, yeah. too. Uh, you know, you talk about you know, keeping your concentration. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from the heat and, you know, making those turns, you've got to figure out what's going on in front of you and inside of you and behind you and everything.
1: Uh, well, and that's where, that's where your radio comes in. And so how much do you rely on the radio and what's coming in from your spotter versus what you're sensing while you're on the track?
2: Yeah, that's what's kind of nice is because you're trying to focus on your car, what it's doing, your line, where you're putting the car. I mean, just there's all those things going on in your head that you have the spotter to tell you what's going on. Like, if I'm in turn one, he'll let me know what's going on in turn two, turn three, and turn four if I need to know. So, like, if I'm racing side-by-side with someone, I'm focused on us two at the moment and say there's two cars wrecking ten car lengths in front of us. We wouldn't know that sometimes because... Going around the corner. So it kind of gives you a little heads up to prepare yourself so that you don't get involved in the wreck.
1: We're talking with Ken Owick's Brittany Zamora, who is a veteran of the NASCAR
3: Pro Series here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K 8 Well one of the other reasons why we wanted to talk to you, Brittany, is uh, the the program and the venture that you have put forth this season. Something that both Rob and I, uh, you know, we are, our eyes perked up, too, because uh, we're both animal lovers. Tell everybody uh, listening uh, what it is you're doing this season.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited. We just an- announced and launched our Pit Road Pals program. So we're tying in the platform that I get from being in the NASCAR Canon Pro Series and into, you know, our local communities that not only that I live in, but I race in. And so we already did our first little auction and bid. I it off a pair of... Um, gloves that I used in our 2019 season along with like a BZR t-shirt and it actually auctioned off for $200 and all of that proceeds went straight to the Benton Franklin animal shelter and so it's really cool um, I all of my animals at home are rescue animals and so it's really close to my heart and my family and so to go there and be able to donate um, have the fans help with it too because it involves them um, is is very heartwarming.
1: So in going through this process and planning this out, how many um, of the communities that you're going to be racing in, have you already contacted and have something lined up?
2: Yeah, we're definitely um, working on that. So our schedule is still kind of in the works. But each track and each city that we go to will business with the animal shelter there. We'll actually feature one of their animals so that fans in the community, if they live there, they will learn about the animals who need rescued. And our goal is to provide awareness and to get those animals adopted.
1: Well, all minor rescues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yours. So, yeah, absolutely. As soon as we heard about this, we're like, yeah, we, we, we got to get the word out. We got to help get the word out on this as much as we can.
3: So, again, in helping getting the word out, how can or where can people go to not only follow what you're doing on the track, but obviously yeah. off the track in and this and, and many other ventures?
2: Yeah. So, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Brittany Zamora will guide you to the right pages for that and also have my own website com, and so that'll help you find all the information on pit road pals my schedule for 2020 when that gets released and constant updates for each race
3: well we wish you the best of luck not only uh in in the driving part but uh getting awareness out about the shelter animals and everything
1: and before we let you go Brittany, is there anybody here locally that's helping you out with your career sponsor wise that you want to give a shout out to
2: Yeah, there's a ton. The whole community has helped immensely. My family is a huge part of how I'm able to go and do this. My grandparents, my mom and dad, my aunts and uncles, my whole support system. Um, Brashier Electric is huge. They support my super late model program here up in the Northwest. Um, Luke's Carpet has helped in the years past, which is awesome. And then North Tech Equipment Repair has been super vital to my career.
1: Wonderful. Very good. Brittany Zamora. Thank you for coming in today.
3: Best of luck, and uh, stay safe out on the track.
2: Cool. Thank you guys for having me.
3: Going to take a time out here on the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA.
0: Can't get in by phone, give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom line's page at 610KONA.com. Back to the bottom line with Rob and Ed. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA.
1: Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, and if you're looking outside or you're getting ready to hit the roadways, and you're like, oh boy. I hope I don't get into an accident. My car insurance kind of stinks. Well, change that. Contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance today. Find out the policies that American Family Insurance has for you and how they can best cover you, your vehicles, the people you love driving them. They have teen and adult safe driver programs. Visit his website, JasonHogue.com today, or stop by his office when the weather clears on Road 68 in Pasco. Place a call over the office. Talk to Jason about American Family Insurance's programs and how they can protect you under the huge umbrella that American Family Insurance has. Thanks again to Brittany Zamora for popping in. Yeah, Re- uh, just great. Conversation.
3: I got a kick out of her. She's yeah. she's cool. She's yeah, cool. Very and, cool. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, whenever there's a uh, you know a local person or from the local area making uh, making it on the national scene, it's it's a neat thing. Uh, you know, obviously, and we didn't really get into this a whole lot with her because she's asked about it all the time. But being a female uh, driver is is still a rarity. Uh, You know, even though there's been the Danica Patrick's and and the others uh, in various classifications, um, you know, and the fact that she is dedicating and partnering uh, with uh, local animal rescues uh, and shelters uh, to to get pets adopted uh, this season, dedicating uh, some of her efforts uh, locally as well as uh, out on tour uh to that i mean it's it's just cool all the way around very cool, so we appreciate uh brittany to uh for joining us today
1: absolutely five four seven one six ten if you want to get involved you know we we've we've mentioned um, a little bit about what's going on over the legislative session we know that uh We're going to be talking to lawmakers throughout. Uh, We've got, I believe, Senator Shessler lined up tomorrow. We're going to talk to Senator Mike Padden on Friday uh, about a couple of things going on. And, you know, the frustrating thing for me is that we're so deeply into this, Ed, because we we have to be. I mean, really, it's our job to be. Um, I do it by choice. I know, and I, I I do it surely because I I love the theater of it all. <laughs> um, but ultimately, it is terribly frustrating when you see bills that get proposed in the legislature that they really honestly believe people will 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 ignore, and they won't see what the damage is. To you, the individual, one of those bills that's being put through the House, it's House Bill 2529, and it runs so contrary to the state constitution, it's despicable. Okay, I'm going to read for you Article 1 and Article 2 in Section 1 of the Washington State Constitution. Article 1, Section 1 is political power. All political power is inherent in the people, and the governments derive their powers from the consent of the governed and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. Article 2, Section 1, legislative powers where vested. The legislative authority of the state of Washington shall be vested in the legislature, consisting of a Senate and House of Representatives, which shall be called the legislature of the state of Washington. But the people... Reserve to themselves the power to propose bills, laws, and to enact or reject the same at the polls, independent of the legislature, and also reserve power at their own option to approve or reject at the polls any act, item, section, or part of any bill, act, or law passed by the legislature. House Bill 2529 would take some of that right away from you. It would take some of that right away from you. It would change it so that only on even years of the legislature, or I'm sorry, an odd number of years of the legislature, okay, an odd numbered years shall be limited to city, town, and district elections as provided for in RCW 29A04330 or as otherwise provided by law a special election of federal officers for the remainder of any unexpired terms in the membership of either branch of the Congress of the United States. But in even years, they want to take away your ability to put initiatives on the ballot, to hold special elections, to do anything along those lines. They are striking out three-quarters of what you are protected under in the state constitution. It is unbelievable. You would not be able to vote on initiatives or referendums in odd election years. We're going to talk about
3: this when we get back. Yeah, I have a theory as to at least the initiative part of it. The other one, I can't help you. Oh, and by the way, who do you think is sponsoring
1: this? Democrats.
0: Now, back to the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the legendscasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610.
1: Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610, KONA, 547 1610 is that number if you'd like to get involved. And as we mentioned, uh, House Bill 2529 being proposed that would. Uh, Basically, take away your rights on odd-numbered years to participate in initiative, voting, referendums, so on and so forth. Secretary of State Kim Wyman, fair to say a friend of the program, uh, gave a press conference today talking about her proposed election security package, but was also asked specifically about this piece of legislation, and here's what the Secretary of State had to say.
4: Um, I'd have to look at the bill. I haven't seen it yet, Um, but um, I'm always concerned with any legislation that tries to limit or reduce the amount of accessibility to the initiative and referendum process. Uh, This is, you know, these are constitutional issues that uh, um, our state feels pretty strongly about and voters feel strongly about. They want to have that ability to make laws. And the concept behind it is that each one of us in this state is just as smart as any legislator, and we should have that ability to do direct uh, democracy and to write a law. And any effort to reduce that, I I get a little um, leery about. So I'd have to see the bill, but um, if, if they're trying to reduce the access to the initiative or referendum process, I would be very concerned. And another one that's been introduced is restoring voter eligibility for all persons convicted of a felony who are not in total confinement. Of DOC. Mm -hmm. What's your view on that? Uh, Again, I'd have to see the bill and and read through it. Um, You know, I I think, again, staying in my uh, my realm as Secretary of State and not what I feel personally one way or another, um, election officials need a bright line and something that is going to be... straightforward to administer, and that's what we got after Rossi Gregoire in 2004 when they created the the law as it currently sits where you're under the supervision of the Department of Corrections or you're not, and you're eligible or not. Um,
1: So that was Secretary of State Kim Wyman talking about 2529 and and uh, a little bit on another bill that's being proposed, but here's the difference between the way this was written and the way the bill that we discussed yesterday that's being proposed by Senators Padden and Brown Okay, In their Senate bill, it specifically states it is an amendment to the Constitution. This House bill does not say, state that. This bill does not state it is an amendment to the Constitution. But what they are trying to do is to limit your constitutional ability to vote on, create initiatives and referendums, so they don't want to come out and say, we want to amend the Constitution. They want to do it in a sneaky and around manner that by striking certain things and provisions in an existing RCW, they want to try and push that off as an amendment to an RCW instead of an amendment
3: to the Constitution, which is what it le- legitimately is. And obviously that would, pr- I mean, where this is headed is most likely the state Supreme court. Uh, where they would weigh in, because the Democrats that are pushing forth this bill know good and well that there isn't two-thirds majority to pass it. Otherwise, they would put it forth as a constitutional amendment. Here's my theory, uh, take it for what it's worth, as to why they are putting this and and limiting the odd number years— uh, Initiatives and referendum, because the last couple of initiatives that have gone odd number of years well odd number of years, but um I mean there um, a lot of them are Tim Iman uh generated anything that has an impact on the budget they want to limit to certain years because think about it they would have they would have the ability to use the off session to go and tweak the budget if it was needed, as opposed to dismantling a budget that was just passed. Say in, say, say you could only have this car tab initiative in the, you know, in certain years. Okay. They, they, This time, the budget is going to be the next budget is going to be put forth in 2021. They will have already passed the budget by the time November 2021 comes along, where an initiative by the people, which could impact the budget, would be voted on. And if it was passed, then they could come back 2022 in their 60 day session and adjust for it. They don't want to have to adjust for it every you know at at any given time i'm not saying that's correct and i'm not for that i'm with i'm with secretary wyman there's there should be nothing that in you know if it's in our constitution there should be nothing no asterisks no yeah buts there it should just be that and we have initiatives by the people and it's it's a great thing and it's the lawmaker's job correct me if i'm wrong if it's it's the lawmaker's job to take the instruction given to them by the people when an initiative is passed to go and implement it the best way possible. And if that has an impact on the budget, so be it. It's their job to find the best possible way to implement it, not to shoot it down like we've seen or reverse the will of the people, which we've seen a lot of, or try to create new legislation to deflate any further efforts.
1: And and I agree that that probably is a good reason why, there, why the reasoning behind why they're trying to do this. But you know what? They should have thought of that when they were working on the balanced budget amendment
3: and done it at the same time. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
1: Hey, guys. This is Chris from Richland. Hi, Chris? Up, Chris? Hey, um, why does it always seem that only legislation they do is to legislate themselves out of having to do their job the right way. I don't understand it. If they spent as much effort doing their job properly than trying to circumvent everything, especially the will of the people, uh, they would probably get a lot more done. And if they go and they start tearing apart our Constitution like this, what do we have besides pitchforks and torches to fight back with? I mean, really? Uh, these, something needs to be done, like, right away and waiting for a year, two years, start voting people out. People will lose the reality of what has happened by the time it comes. to
0: We can do something about it. Thank you.
3: Appreciate the call. I guess my, my response, very tongue-in-cheek, is if if the public would quit meddling in our affairs, we could get a lot more done. That's how a lot of lawmakers – feel, unfortunately. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
4: Hi, this is Debbie, and I'm calling from Kennewick. Hi, Debbie. And I thought, I know that you're you're pretty knowledgeable about these things, and I listened to the the swearing in the other day, the, the new head of the um, House or Senate? Oh, the, the House. House Speaker,
3: House, yes, House Speaker.
4: House Speaker. And part of what I heard was, She said that she was um, swearing to defend the Constitution of our state. And I just thought I would ask for your thoughts on what happens when instead of defending the Constitution, they seek to change it.
3: Appreciate the call. I I guess a couple of of things. Every lawmaker, every elected official takes that same oath. To uphold the Constitution of the United States and certainly the Constitution of the state of Washington if it's a statewide, uh, you know, elected office. Here's the thing. There have been recalls put forth uh, in the past for just such a thing. And among the charges, if you want to call them that, or the reasoning behind a recall, a lot of times there's a phrase in there, not upholding the Constitution of the state of Washington. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That's that's one recourse. But I hear what the caller saying.
1: One of the things that always is discussed when it comes to constitutions, be it the federal constitution or the state constitution, and that is referring to it as a living document. And the reason why a constitution is referred to as a living document is because it can be changed. Yeah, it can be modified. Not very easily, but it can be. not very easily. It takes a lot to do it. Usually it takes, at a minimum, a two-thirds vote. So while they do swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, they do, as lawmakers, have the ability to bring amendments to that Constitution. And that is the process, not what we're talking about with this House bill, which is basically a sneaky way to try and end around the Constitution the way it is written, but... An actual, legitimate, proposed constitutional amendment, which is what the balanced budget was. It was an amendment to the Constitution. Um, Now, we didn't see if anybody's fingers were crossed, Debbie, when they took their oath. (laughs) Uh, We don't have any photos or anything like that. but, But every lawmaker, to a degree, has a different idea and a different belief in what that Constitution represents and what it says. We can read it on paper, they can read it on paper, but they may have a belief that the particular element of wording has a different meaning than what we do. And that's why we have two different parties, we have two different ideologies, we have two different takes on what the Constitution is, just as you have a bunch of different people that have a bunch of different perspectives on what the Bible says. It's how you read it, how you interpret it. There are some things in our Constitution that you just cannot interpret any other way than what they are written. This attempt by House Democrats to end around the Constitution says they don't like what it means. They know what it means because we all know it means the same thing. They just want to kind of mess with it but not make an amendment to it. But they want to strike it, and I will tell you this right now.
3: If this house bill passes, it will be challenged in court and it will fail. You mean also kind of like the part about there being no income tax in the state in the Constitution? Yeah, so, that,
1: that that part.
3: Yeah, yeah, they don't like a couple of parts of, of a, the Constitution. There's quite a few parts they don't like. But but here's the thing, though: as we go to commercial, that break, freedom part, that ability <laughs> to, for people to be involved part, they don't like that either. It's not their job to interpret the Constitution. That's what the state Supreme Court is for. Yep. Five four seven one six ten is the number if you'd like to join the bottom line.
0: Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottomline six ten. Now back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser.
1: Bottom Line News Radio six ten K A final few minutes. On this snowy Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved, also via email six ten k one a dot com. Your name, where you are listening, what you'd like to say, and on Twitter at bottom line six ten. And um, you know it's going to be a very interesting session to see how many uh, rights that we currently have right now are limited even further. By a legislation or by a legislature that is supposed to represent us, not work against us. Um, also, apparently, tomorrow the state Supreme Court is set to rule uh, in the challenge to Inslee's clean air rule. Oh, yeah. The Association of Washington Businesses. Against the Washington State Department of Ecology, so we'll be keeping tabs
3: on that for you as well. We'll probably discuss the result of that in the program tomorrow. Which is ironic because today, the Senate, along party lines, passed, um, in essence, a copy and paste law from California yeah. regarding the uh, the fuel standard, right? <clears throat> the 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 standard uh, the fuel standard, and. There was there was uh, constitutional questions raised by Republicans there, whether, you know, a state could just adopt verbatim another state's, you know, anything that was recently passed, you know, let alone a a fuel standard without adopting it to our Constitution. Time and time again, we are finding more and
1: seeing more examples. Of how Democrats in the House and the Senate are bypassing the Constitution and doing everything they possibly can to bypass the state Constitution to push an agenda. And if that isn't troublesome, even to Democrats, even to Democrats, that's got to be bothersome to a degree that they are throwing out the Constitution of this state and doing what they can to bypass it to impose a different will and agenda. The reason why we have a Constitution is plain and simple. It is to keep all branches of our government in check and also to protect the people of the state. Every time we turn around, we are seeing bill after bill after bill that is attempting to end around the Constitution, ignore the Constitution, and we've seen time and again how it's been thwarted. So... If I make a, may make, make a suggestion to those Democrats that live in our area and are reached by this radio station and what we discuss, think for a second if that's really how you want to be governed as well. Do you want to be governed by individuals who are throwing away the state constitution instead of doing things to work in it, work around it, or at least make an amendment to it? Do you really want to be governed by people that have no care or concern for the constitution For this state,
3: even if you think the causes that are being benefited by these moves are true and just. Let me just toss this out here and. You know, I kind of look at things in a different way. What if. We were talking about Republicans (gasps) doing this same thing. Don't you think that there would be a tremendous uproar on the the screaming and yelling would be to the mountains. The Republicans are changing the rules to advance their agenda. But you're not hearing that in when the same thing is going on to further that agenda. Why? Because they feel, again, feelings going back to feelings, they feel it is the right course and that They should just be able to do it. They should just be able to do it because clearly this is the right thing to do, no matter what anybody else thinks or says or even facts that are presented to the contrary. Look, I I get (laughs) we we tend to I don't want to say bash, but call into question. The Democrats a lot lately, and, well there's reasons for it. Yes, but I I just I f- I feel like I want to say that I don't think, you know, the Republicans are clean in in a lot of things either. But in this particular case or these set of cases, I should say, when you're talking about the $30 car tab initiative, when you're talking about the state income tax, when you're talking about changing the rules of the initiative process because you don't like the outcomes and, you know, the, the clean fuel standards, even though that's going to get challenged, undoubtedly in the court, because it's not based, based on, on our Constitution, it's based on California's Constitution. All these things, you know, tearing down the dams, even though it's a federal issue, all I could go on. And and that's what's that's what's so troubling is if people would just work within the framework that's already been tried and true and built in and come to compromise and negotiation, we would probably be able to get a whole lot more done and there'd be a whole lot less angst, not only in the state, but in this country there, I'm done. You see, here's the, this to me is one of the
1: larger parts of this problem. For a long time, we worked towards building a consensus. Hey, we worked towards building a consensus. And then at some point in time, we decided, you know what? If we can't get a consensus, well, screw it. We're going to figure a way to do what we want no matter what. Whether it's popular or not, we're going to figure a way to do it because we want to do it because it's our agenda. And that's the absolute wrong way to go about it. And unfortunately, that's how Democrats of the state have been going about it. We don't care if the people don't like it. We want to do it, so we're going to do it. And that, the, the repercussions of that, I don't know. I think they may be in, a surpri- in, in for a little bit of a surprise in 2020 in the state of Washington as to how things may actually pan out because so many people are going to take so
3: much before they finally decide, you know what, we're done with this. We're, we're done with being treated this way. It's over. Well, this edition of The Bottom Line is over, but don't go anywhere. We have our news, weather, and traffic on the Afternoon Report. Stay with us.